Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, what up, though, people? It's your boy, Detroit Kool-Aid. Welcome to Woodward Pistons. And I'm rocking out with your boy, Mr. Everything, Jeff Iafrady. What to hey. do? Bro, are you able to tell people the news yet or anything? Or we still let it be a surprise? They'll announce it Friday. Friday. Um, I know now that I'm saying that, you probably, if, if you if you watch World Sports, you probably already know then what the news is. Um, we got some big yeah. things. We got some big things cooking up. But it doesn't change anything that I'm doing currently. So Hey, proud uh, of him too. Yes, sir. Proud That's my guy. Hey. <laughs> That's my guy. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Hey, man, what else do we have? What else do we have? Um... Jalen Rose. Yeah, I wanted man. to talk about that just briefly, just briefly, yeah. just briefly. And uh, But before we get into that, let's definitely make sure we do the drum roll oh, for, for Mr. Rob yeah, Beard. Be disrespectful if we did it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, oh, to the legend, Mr. Detroit News, Rob Beard. And listen, next week, he's definitely going to be on. This morning, I'll take that on me. I had literally, bro, a raccoon underneath the hood of my car. That's tough. Literally, literally. Man. It is, yeah. But, look, we got things figured out, and we're going to try and have a great show. Because Pistons basketball really is right around the corner. Yeah, it is. It really is. I'm think, I'm, I was sitting here like, yo, it's effectively September. That means NBA basketball is, what, a few months away? Or less than that? Yeah. Of preseason? Because, bro, you already know how it is. You already know. I, I'm gonna be I'm going to be absorbing, bro, consuming all preseason basketball like it matters. You guys are gonna have to tell me, bro. Preseason basketball don't matter. The wins and losses. Are, I like. I'm ready for it. It's been too long. How long has it been since we had a team with this much promise? And we can't say last year's team with Kate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, for me, it might have been like trying to watch Brandon uh, Jennings and you know and Andre Drummond for me in the preseason. But now it's it's different because this team is young. And there's a lot more potential there. And we have, like, legitimate guys, two guys at least, that can become all-star, superstar, you know, superstars in this league. So it's it's just different now, man. Like, it's like different. That. You know? And, and who, who are the guys? Because cause you adamantly changed that all-star to superstar, which I believe is the crucial point here. Yeah, it is. We're not – I think people, you know, whether they agree with our takes or not, I believe it is important to make sure you differentiate or at least make – Knowing your perspective, we believe that Kay Cunningham and I, I assume Jaden Ivey are superstar level talents. Yeah. Kay Cunningham put it on paper last year. He did. Jaden Ivey has the skill sets and the tools and was aptly, you know, judged at the top of the draft, one of the top five uh, prospects for a reason. You know, and so we were hoping that that translates. We're not going to 
I don't know, man. You know, state that he's going to come in year one and be that guy year one. But he is a superstar level talent. All the measurables, uh, the the free throw rate, man. It, it college. Um, I don't know how much we take away from summer league, but he was getting calls there. Yeah, you know, and as he comes into the NBA, I think we're going to see the same thing. I, bro, I can't wait, dog. I can't wait. So I think you. I think they have multiple guys that can be all stars. I think Sadiq has the potential. Now, will he make an all star game in his career? I don't know, but I think he has the skill set to do it. But that's why I changed it because two guys for sure. Who knows what Duran? I think Duran's another guy we don't talk about enough. He could be. Mm-hmm. Who knows what he could develop into? But like you said before, there's a difference between all star and superstar. Yeah. All star, you guys make the all star team, and then they don't. Superstars consistently make the all star team. So right. there's the difference. Yeah, because because all stars sometimes it could be, and you talked about Sadiq Bay. They can be guys that are deserving to be there, right? But sometimes they're there because their team had the success, or injuries, and they replace or, somebody. or injuries yeah. and replacements. And then there's those guys who, even if their team sucks, they're going to the All Star game. <laughs> yeah. I believe that that's the level that Cade is. I believe that's the level we will see Jay and Ivy approach within year. I would say about three. Yeah, by year three, year four. I'm hoping if he's the guy that we believe he is. That he should be firmly, you know, yeah, we want to see him in All Star game every single year, even if he's not voted in. People would know if he's not there, it's a snub. And in to see someone like a Lamelo Ball get in on his what first years, uh, second, second year. year, I'm sorry, his second year as an injury replacement, yeah, replaced Kevin Durant, I think. But still, his second year, yeah, man, in the All Star game, I I don't know who's gonna wind up being the far and away better talent or prospect between like Ivy and LaMelo. I would put personally my money on Ivy, but if they can take that type of leap in, in year two, Ivy and Cade in years, what, three, two and three next year mm-hmm. should firmly, firmly be able to uh, take an all-star level leap. Yeah. So, and a lot of that depends on the guys around him as well. Like the Hornets yeah. talk about LaMelo, but they still won 40 games. So, I mean, they made the play in, but they were still a, you know, that's why LaMelo made it. You had Miles Bridges, 25 points. Mm -hmm. You know, if this team is collectively good and they're winning games and Cade's putting up 21, 22, 6 and 6, or, you know, 7 and 7, dude, he's an all star. Yeah. So if the Hornets weren't winning, he doesn't get that acknowledgement, that honor. Absolutely. So, right. And that's the thing. I think Sadiq Bey, I believe for the Pistons to be championship level, you want three of those guys who are superstar or you know what every year they're able to make the all-star game two of those guys have to be surefire yeah we're talking about championships and we hear the way that guys talk whether you're signing superstars or whether you're drafting them like the warriors uh you gotta have them you have to you have to be able to compete yeah it's a superstar driven league man it it is and it's it's interesting to see how it's changed because these superstars are more focused today on playmaking in droves not that we haven't had superstars in your years past but we see the big men, we see the forwards, we see the point guards, we see the shooting guards. Everybody is focused now on making sure that they can be efficient. They're like, like at least yeah. the play style, they at least make sure they can be a catch and shooter. They're making sure they can play make a little bit. They're making sure they have a little bit in the intermediary. It's it's interesting to see the evolution of the basketball player. Yeah, and, the and just the NBA player. in general. Like it's everything's so positionless now. Yeah. Like back then, if you were a center, you did, you know, this, this, and this. If you were a point guard, if you were a two guard, whatever it was, a forward, you do this, this. Now it's like all five people on the court have to do all the same things. Yep. You have to be able to pass, shoot, you know, be efficient offensively, uh, make plays, play defense. Like you're held accountable. And that's why Cade is such a, 
he's like a you know uh, today NBA superstar. Like he, yeah. he can do everything. He has a complete game, and that's what separates I think him from other people in his own class as well. So Evan Mobley's a great example. I mean, the guy's six eleven, but he could do guard things. Like he just it's incredible. And then you have Chet Holmgren this year, who's another type of player like that. Yep. Positionless. Yep. And, and that's what leads me to, to really, really, really side with Jalen Rose on his uh, notion that Kay Cunningham and Jaden Ivey are the next Pistons back backcourt. You know, the next all-star Pistons backcourt. I believe that definitely for sure. And superstar even more so. Now, the reason why that would be something interesting is because I don't believe the Pistons have had a superstar backcourt ever. So that would be the first time. Have they had superstar players? I believe Isaiah Thomas is a superstar. No matter what, fans, NBA, and all this, I don't care. Isaiah Thomas was a superstar, straight up. Um, and with the going-to-work Pistons, they were an all-star backcourt, but they weren't necessarily a superstar backcourt. Right. I believe that Chauncey Billups had superstar talent because he could do multiple things. He could be a shooting guard. He could be a point guard. They even put him in as a small ball three uh, in certain lineups, and he could handle it. He can get into the post. He can get into the paint. He can get layups. He can get floaters threes end of, end of games i'm taking over he had the talent but he was best and most efficient and, and best utilized when he was fitting into a team and, and directing more as a general right so that was more like addition by subtraction in his own game but this would be the first time that the pistons have an opportunity with the athleticism with the three-point shooting with the playmaking with the pizzazz with what we've already seen from k which pulls this in a in a, in a good direction already we have an opportunity to see the Pistons, I believe, first superstar backcourt. That excites me. That's why I'm hoping to see Jay and Ivy hit the ground running. I like that first that first summer league game where we saw him kind of like, man, you know, how's it gonna go? I'm hoping Jay and Ivy understands. No one can run with you, bro. No one can jump with you, bro. Nobody. Nobody in this league. We saw Jalen Green come in, and because he had that tick already in his head yeah even though he wasn't shooting well early he was running past people and he was jumping over everybody and jay and ivy has that twitch man if he just comes in and just reckless abandon throw caution at the wind and, and just go i think we're gonna see a jay and ivy who's gonna come in and have a better impact than we've seen killian hayes have on this team so far yeah and that's what separates him is athleticism and i'm glad you you brought up the jalen rose quote because reading it and he talked about his biological father, too, Jimmy Walker, Dave Bang, all-star backcourt, you know, Joe Dumars, Isaiah Thomas. It's almost like the progression. You have Joe Dumars, Isaiah Thomas, two guys that, you know, Pistons legends, number one. We got, and we got Rip and, and Chauncey above, you know, Kool-Aid over there. We have his jersey signed in the studio, uh, subtle flex, by the way. But that's the Get next it. backcourt. And now we have, like you said, a potential superstar backcourt, something we haven't really had. I mean, you, you, you bring up superstars. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas was a superstar. Joe Dumars, you think he has that superstar potential like Jay Nivey? We'll see. If he has a career like Joe Dumars, I think we'd all be happy. But I think there's a higher upside <laughs> there. Be happy. So to your point, I agree. And and the fact that and Deuce brought this up, and I'm always going to give credit to Deuce. Yeah. Every time the Pistons have had success, they've had a, a backcourt, an all-star backcourt, caliber backcourt. Shout out D-Mac. Yeah, shout out D-Mac. And, and that's the thing. So this this is the, the right way to do it. And this is why I love Troy Weaver because he gets it, man. Like, yeah. he really does. He's like, listen, I get we drafted Killian. Boom, boom. KJ Nivey. Yep. Like, it's just, it's a GM who gets it. And I'm excited. And I agree with you. This he is going to be the it. first superstar backcourt. And, and, and all we have to do realistically is sit down and look at the blueprint and realize uh, with these other players and Eagles or this or that. Right. What if he could have sat the old OKC team down and said, hey, guys, look. 
See these old four Pistons? You see how they did it? You see even the guys off the bench getting 20 and 25 and 30 minutes and, and Corliss and Lindsey and Mike James. Them boys are eating. Yeah. Can y'all please do this for a championship? Can you please do this for your legacy? Look, bro, the Pistons did it for a few years before Joe Dumars took a sledgehammer to it. And he didn't know what he was doing. I give him that that pass. It hurt at the time. But looking at the arc of things, Joe Dumars is somebody that needs to be celebrated. He, he just does. does. But look how quickly things went awry, bro. Just when you messed with that little nucleus, you realized that it was more than the talent. It was their heart, their connectivity, their brotherhood, their teamwork. Their love the for the city, still, too. Their love for the city, man. Yeah. Bro, the fact that they're still, you see how connected they are. Even after they went to other teams, you could see. I was looking at Ben Wallace on other teams and Rasheed Wallace on other teams. When they would play each other, just, bro, the connection. Yeah. And it, even what we see today when they get together at some of these games, some of these events, it's awesome. You can see that that was a thread. And if Troy is truly doing a restoration, then it is about sitting these guys guys down and showing them. These teams had all-stars off the bench, potential all-stars, potential starters coming off the bench who understood their role. And you know who was uh, keen? You know who watched those old four Pistons? Bro, that had to so dope, by the way. Shout out. Shout <laughs> out. I had to wrap it for today. Yeah, Thank you. you. We... Goodness, boy, I've hated it for years looking at people like um, the Big Three Heat and LeBron James and what right. they did. But, bro, they were fans. They watched the old 4 Pistons. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And they talk about it. They talk about it. Dwayne Wade talks about it, man. They watch those squads. How would they not? That, those squads were just starting to get on. Right when they were in high school watching basketball, getting ready to come to the NBA, bro. LeBron was sitting in the stands at these at these playoff runs. Yeah. And then what did they do? They came out, put their egos aside, and said, let's rock. And they got championships because of it. LeBron's legacy, no matter what anybody thinks, he has championships, man. And he proved to be the best player in a lot of these series. And and for me, people will know me. Look, I look, I have some fun with LeBron James, or probably at the expense of myself, because there's nothing I can do. <laughs> to ding his 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 legacy, bro. Right. But you know, it, it is what it is, man. These guys followed the, the the to me the same pattern. And who would be keenly familiar with that? Pat Riley, mm -hmm. who was the GM at that time, and who was what getting uh beat by the Pistons a yeah. bit during that time. Yeah. So and that was the thing, man. That Miami Heat team they had three guys that were number one options. Yeah. And I think there was a difference because with this Pistons team, like. It was more guys that were, you know, acquired and, and yeah. grouped together to all work together. It's not like Rip and Chauncey were just number one options everywhere else, but they were good. They were they were talented players who learned how to play the right way and play for the betterment of their own team and for success. And I think that's like to your point, man. Other teams still look at that. Like it, even if it was twenty years, almost twenty years ago, 
teams now are still going to reflect back on that and be like, listen, if they, look how these guys did it. Look how they did it mentally and what they did together. Um, it's, a, it's a great example for all teams, man. And that's why, like, even in Detroit, we talk about Detroit versus everybody. Mm-hmm. That 4 team, bro, it's bigger than just Detroit. Like, that's that's a national, you know, recognition, a national salute. Yep. Like, Kobe and everybody, recipe is Kobe, but everyone's given yep. praise to that team. So they set the example. They yep. really did. They laid the foundation. For, for a lot, for a lot moving forward. And, you know, that playing the right way, that's something that you hear a lot of players saying. You hear it more and more exactly. and more now culturally. Exactly. That, you know, coming up on the scene, I didn't hear it when I was coming up playing ball like that. Not until Larry Brown and those Pistons. Because Chauncey Billups was just playing the right way, playing the right way, mm-hmm. playing the right way. And I love when guys can do that. When, you know, not necessarily the playing it the right way, but Chauncey had no problem with doing what he always did, and that's give the assist. Right. Hey, you know what? Larry Brown, he's over here, and he's helping me become a better player. And he also mentioned others. I like, And that was the era, too. Like, you needed every, that era. Jordan, I, and I blame Jordan and everyone <laughs> before that, Magic. Like, it was a superstar. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone was understanding, like, it was Kobe Shaq. You had Hakeem, uh, Jordan. Like, you needed superstars to win championships. And, and guys, yeah. like, listen, Kobe's like, I'm the, I'm the, it's me and Shaq. The yeah. And then the Pistons come along, and it's like, well, it's, it's we. Like, we're all, this is what we're going to do together. And I think everyone was like, wait, what? Because you're used to seeing Jordan. Uh, All these guys do, even before Jordan, but post-Jordan, you know, the the upbringing of Kobe. And you're like, that's how you You, win. You even had the draft class come in of LeBron, D-Wade, Bosh, Melo go to different teams and elevate their teams as young superstars. Exactly. That was the way that the league was going. And when the Pistons punched them in the mouth. Like, what? Bro, you got to think about it, man. LeBron and these boys came in watching these guys play basketball, man. These guys was probably like, you know, these guys were probably like, you know what? How are we going to beat them? Yeah. <laughs> LeBron was probably sitting back with his homies and Chris Paul and them like. You got to be you know, all five. We all got our own team, but how are we beating them? We got to team up to beat them. I don't even believe. I don't know how much, you know. <sighs> Oh my gosh, yo! I wish I really wish Joe Dumars didn't dismantle that team, because I would have loved to see that team versus at the tail end of it versus the Big Three Heat. I would have loved to see that be the East, man. Oh my goodness, because the Spurs got that. They did, and they got they got one done. That's another team that represents playing as a team. Yeah, that's that's another. Spurs are another great organization. Sheesh, yo, listen, y'all gotta tell me this. What do you think would have happened if the the going to work Pistons? We're kept together. Joe Dumars kept them together, made some augmentations where need be, but kept the core together. And they got an opportunity to go against the big three I heat like be, the Spurs did. And we get LeBron, too. After that whole, what well, we saw, how many points he scored consecutively. And it wouldn't have happened if he kept it. Ben Wallace yeah. was not in the middle. Yep, yep, yep. It wouldn't have happened, bro. They, they barely beat the Pistons with all of that. They barely. You put I think one they, of, if not the greatest defensive player in NBA history, back into the middle. That changes. The I think that series is going six or seven with those two. I, I really do. I think Ooh, that would man, be a tough. That's one. a good question, bro. Because they are older <laughs> at that point, but still, like collectively as a unit. Because what did Chauncey do with Denver? Didn't he take a young Carmelo won. and they, they won? won? They won yeah. some games, man. They were a threat. That's true. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think um, she went to Boston. They won a little bit. I know he was older. He wasn't the same Sheed, but I also believe that has something to do with the team. Right. Sheed was older when he got to Detroit. People thought Sheed was kind of already on the way out, you know, and he just so happened to be the anti Tracy McGrady, the anti Chris Weber, right. the anti Allen Iverson, and actually give us something at the end of his career. 
you know, that's what Rasheed Wallace was. Did he play a few years after that? Sure, but he wasn't that. You could tell he had the same skill, but without us being able to bring in a Corliss Williamson to spell him for 25, 30 minutes a game, mm-hmm. he's going to be taxed. He's going right. to have to come off the bench at this stage. So I would have loved that. Jeez, boy, that would have been something. Yeah. That would have been a I got that a, six, a six or seven game right there, series. And you could pick whoever. I mean, I'll go with, obviously, the – I got to go with my guys, man. Yeah, yeah. You got to go with the Pistons if you're a Pistons fan, but – that's that's that that'd be a tough series. It would have been. It would have been. And you know, if there's anybody who knows how to stop, you know, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosch, it's Larry Brown. Just look at the US Olympics. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. The man boy got, kept the, man him got on the, the keys, bench, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, Just don't play him. Look, man, look, I liked I like talking about that one. We gotta get into that one more. Yeah. I'm gonna ask Rod that and every guest that comes on, I'm gonna ask him, look, what do you think? Because I think that that's a great, 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 great question, bro. That's a great one because if the Spurs didn't get a dub, if Dallas didn't get a dub, then it would be a little bit more like, bro, they swept four rings. They got five, six rings. What are you talking about? But they lost a couple of those games. Right. I don't know. That's the difference. Yep. Look, we got to get back into our player breakdowns. Now, last week we did K Cunningham and Sadiq Bay. We started there, uh, and this is for our returning players. We'll get mm-hmm. back into the rookies as we get closer to the season as we see some preseason games, what we expect. We're going to push them off until later uh, with our reviews. But with the returning players, we have seen a little bit more. We know that they've been working. We've seen their workout videos. If they're going to put them out, we're going to talk about them. If they're going to play in Summer League at all, we're going to talk about about them. We're going to. If they're putting out quotes, we're going to talk about it. And we are up with Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart, and you added a wrinkle. Instead of just an area of improvement, we said, let's go one area of improvement on defense and on offense, which is interesting because we have two players here who defensively, I believe they both took some steps forward in the past season. I really do. It's some good leaps forward in the past season. Killian was dependable. He was our most dependable perimeter defender. And Isaiah Stewart took steps forward as it relates to perimeter defense, as it relates to, um, I think, paint defense as well. He needs to take another leap forward. Yeah. I don't know if it's more size or metrics or measurables or if it's a skill set that can be taught. But I, I think he has the ability to take that step forward and be even more tenacious in the paint than he's already shown to be. But these guys took some steps forward. I wanted to start with you, bro. Which player did you want to start with, man? Start with Killian. Killian? Yeah. yeah. Let's get Let's Killian. Rock. Let's rock. For me, I'll start offensively. I think with Killian Hayes, obviously it's the efficiency. We can talk about that all day. Um, you know, his shooting ability, especially playing with guys like now Jaden and Cade, you're going to get more open shots. And we, we kind of went through the advanced stance. We were chopping it up before the show. Yep. And he is good at off ball. He can get better, obviously, 26% from three for the year last year. But that's kind of what I'm looking for. His outside shot, um, he's going to get more open looks. Can he knock him down? And I think the more he can be more cons- the, the more he can be consistent off ball, he's going to have more opportunities to play. Like we talked about in that three guard lineup, because I know what Killian's going to bring him playmaking ability. So I'm not really questioning that. The other thing I would say also is finishing mm-hmm. through contact. Like that that's was the thing I looked at, and that's more you know that maybe it's a mindset thing. Maybe it's 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 physically, and I know he's getting stronger, and you see what he's been working on in the summer. Um, but I want to see him finish through contact, be more consistent at the rim. Um, maybe he adds a mid-range game a little bit. But other than that, it's being able to knock down shots when you're off ball, off the dribble as well. I think that's something he can work on. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really your shooting and your finishing, being more confident finishing at the rim. Because you see a lot – I mean, you're 6'5", kill, and you got long ring span, bro. You can – when you're, when you're going at the rim like that, 
you, trust me, you're going to be just fine. There's guys that are like, you know, Isaiah Thomas is 5'8", man. Remember Isaiah Thomas? He isn't in the league no more, but he's on a couple yeah. rosters. That man was finishing. Watch him with the Boston Celtics a couple years ago, you know, before he had that hip injury. Like, it's all about heart and mindset. And Killian can get there. So those are the two things I got for Killian. Defensively, he's, so, he's already solid. I, the one thing, and it's really nitpicking for me at this point, is probably just reaching – Knowing when to reach. Mm, fouls, yeah. Fouls, because Killian, when you know and you have that mindset, like and I'm, not, I'm not comparing me, you know, pickup game to Killian, but when you are when you know you can strip the ball and you've got one or yeah. two steals, you're going to keep trying. Yeah. And I think that's Killian's thing. Like, yeah, you can, listen. And bring that basketball mindset, bro. You don't got to apologize for it. We all play ball, man. And that's, we all that's who, the same thing. Like, you, you, you're like, all right, I'm feeling it. I know I know his tendencies. I can get this, mm-hmm. I can get this ball, man. But sometimes, and you saw it, Against Trey Young in the pickup, uh, the pickup game he played, man, <laughs> like Trey Young, and he cooked him. And listen, he, he it's, did, it's Trey bro. Young, but you, if you watch the video, what stood out to me is he reached. Trey Young hit him with a. It was almost like a crossover, and he reached, and then that's when Trey Young was like, "I gotcha," because yep. he was waiting for that, and, and boom, create space, knock down, and, hey. and that's just a pickup game. So think about that when it comes to to an actual regular. You know season what? Game. Killian looked tight in that clip, and you know why I know because when we look at the NBA clips when he's guarding Trey Young. He's not playing defense that sloppy. No, he's not. He's and not at all. That's the thing too. Like <laughs> we know what look what happened last season yeah. against Trey Young. So he locked him up. But really, that's the one thing I noticed because that was something I saw Killian do last year too. Couple little yes, reach, yeah. like knowing when to reach. It's not you know because Killian is talented as he is defensively. It's again, it's being disciplined. I think he can do more of that. So, but that's right. him learning though. It's not too much right. of a concern. But if I had to take two, if I had to put two little pinpoints on Killian, it's his shooting ability. Finishing it through contact, it's really mentally his confidence. Because, listen, I want Killian to take at least 10 shots a game. Like, give me 8 to 10 every single game. If you if you play 25 minutes a night and you leave with four shot attempts. Couple shots a quarter. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If, if you finish a game, you play 25 minutes uh, Kool-Aid, and you end with four shots, mm. I'm going to be disappointed. you got to be more aggressive. That's my problem with Killian. Even if the field goals attempted at the end of the game are like 7 or 8, but you have five free throws, four free throws. Exactly. I can live with that. Get to, that get to the line. Aggressive, you're getting to the line. Yep. And, and, and the thing is this. When you're an aggressive point guard, you don't have to necessarily try to be finishing to get free throws. How many times did we see Chauncey Billups because the Pistons were in the penalty or in the bonus or him get them there because he was making quick, decisive moves? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember <laughs> Chauncey, man. He had a way to be able to, at the top of the key, have the ball, turn around, put someone on the hip, and then literally spin out of it and just go. And every time that guard would have to grab reach. him to stop or reach or something like that, and yeah. boom, that's a foul. It's like Chauncey knew I can put that one foul on him. Just being aggressive like that can get your team into the penalty, into the bonus. There's yeah. a lot of times when players, and I saw this man in the, in the advanced stats, um, Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When players are pressed up on Killian, when there's two feet of space or less, is when Killian is the worst. And that means that there's more contact, there's more physicality, there's more for him Shies to think away. about and things of that nature. And he starts to shy away and all his percentages went down. And if players know we have a couple fouls to play with and we can get him completely off his game, bro, they can do things like while he's trying to get into his moves, while he's t- trying to get into his breaks, hard follow. Right. Keep him outside of, hey, it's not a, it's not a shooting foul. These types of things for a player like Killian who needs rhythm, who needs confidence, who needs to see the shot go in, but all of a sudden people are bossing up on you, that's the stuff. It's like, no, nah, Killian, bro, you're going to have to boss back up too. And I believe he has it. We see it. But you have to have that confidence from the get-go, from the get-go. And I believe that being able to stay on the court by that's not reaching, time. that matters, man. How many times have we seen him go on a little run, but then he's coming out because of foul trouble? You know, we've seen that several times. He go on his little third quarter runs, but then bloop, four fouls or something. Going getting getting busy in the first in the second quarter, boom, gets the second or third foul. You know, and so it's yeah, it, it's important, man. It's momentum. It's how you can even effectively defend. What if Killian wants to defend aggressively late in games, but you got multiple fouls or you're you in the bonus, put yeah. the team in the bonus, the other team. These Giving things, up free throws. Yep. And that's the thing. Like we talk about Cade and, and how, you know, you'd like him to to you know, get his fouls down for next year. He averaged 3.1 fouls per game. Killian was at 2.8, so he he isn't much better. Mm. They're both – It's and again, those are young players. I'm not too concerned about it, but to your point, you got to learn what oh, to right. do when guys are on you, playing aggressive, pressing. And I think you can get there. Oh. Uh, and I understand. I want to say this too. I know Killian's not a scorer, mm-hmm. but you got to be aggressive because as good as a playmaker as Killian is, the more you're attacking the cup and you're trying to get to the cup, more opportunities are going to open up. So as, as good of a passer as he is, just be aggressive. Does that take? You don't have to take shot attempts. Just get to the bucket. Man, he only averaged one point one free throws a game. Yeah, it can't happen, man. And he made point nine of them. <laughs> get to the free throw line, killing you. bro. You leaving points out there, brother. He's leaving. Think about when the team is in a bonus, and he's a good free throw shooter too. That's what I'm saying. Like killing. Damn near eighty percent. This is just about aggression, man. Like that's yeah. the one thing I was gonna say is when looking at this. The, the couple things on offense I was looking at was his aggression. We're looking at some of these advanced stats and um, his aggression and um, his ability, not not necessarily an area of improvement, but an area I hope the Pistons can put Killian Hayes in more, his catch and shoot numbers. I like his catch and shoot numbers, and we talked about it beforehand. Um, as it relates to this three-guard rotation, we always look at it from an angle of you know, Killian, Cade, Ivy, but Killian is going to be the absolute playmaker. But Cade is also an extremely good, probably the best playmaker, in my opinion, on this team currently. Yeah, he makes passes that others just can't do, man. Yep. Like and, those swing passes, he, it's it's ridiculous. Yep. So you're right. And, and I believe that Killian has a little bit more pure instinct as it relates to playmaking, but because of Cade's overall talent, there are guys open on the floor just because Cade has the ball in his hands. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and so I, I started realizing maybe when we're looking at these numbers here, man, with with let me let me say him here. His catch and shoot, right? Killian's catch and shoot numbers, two point field goal percent, forty six percent. His pull ups when he has the ball in the hand, thirty two percent. That's a huge drop, bro. That's a huge yeah, and that's and that goes back to that repetition. It's like you're in the gym, catch shoot. Mm-hmm. Like he and he feels more comfortable doing that, but bro, his 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 effective field goal percentage. Oh my god! On catch and catch and shoot, forty four percent. 
on pull-ups, 29.2%, bro. Okay, see, that's the difference. So maybe the three-guard rotation will give him an opportunity to be put in his best possible spots on the floor as well for spurts of the game. We need him to feel special. We need Killian to hit a three, catching a pass from Kay Cunningham and getting dapped up by Ivy. Yeah. Like, that's the type of stuff that I believe the three-guard rotation will be able to provide. It's because I don't know how much – look, will, will he be able to play make? Sure. But are we leaving points and opportunities out there on the court if Cade can play make and score from the point guard spot, which is something Killian Hayes is not proven to do. But Killian Hayes is proving he can catch and shoot from the off-guard position. Mm-hmm. Our maximization for that three-guard rotation is if Cade still is the point guard – and Killian and Ivy are the off guards. That's our best bet. When you're talking about basketball sets, talk about when you're running a pick and roll shade. Mm-hmm. So Kate at the top, Ivy on your right, Killian over here, and you call Duran up for a pick and roll on this side of the court. Do you know what happens to the defense on this side and how little help you have with yeah. uh, trying to defend make a, decision. a backcourt lob for Is Ivy? this decision. But you also have Killian over here, who you have to be honest on, because yeah. he can hit a three. Right. Those are the types of things that I'm thinking about now. Like, it's it's interesting, it's man. picking so, your poison. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm hoping that's something that the Pistons do to put Killian in his best position. <clears throat> but overall, it's the aggressiveness, man. He got to be aggressive. Yeah. And that's without saying. We're not sitting over saying he's going to be a, a – everyone thinks, like, all right, this guy's going to be sixth man of the year. He has to be aggressive. No, just more aggressive. That's all it is. Because the more aggressive he is – He's going to get to the free throw line, and you can mention it. I'm not, this isn't no shade, but Diallo played less minutes and got to the free throw line double the amount. So, And I get Diallo and him are different players, but that's kind of the point we're trying to make here is Killian needs to be more aggressive. It'll open up, open up so much more for others, and he'll have much more different chances to get just easy baskets, man. Yeah. And I think playing with Jay Nivey and Kate are going to help him get those. So Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Less pull-ups, more catch and shoots. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely with Killian. With his defense... The reaching in, I think that's very, very paramount. I, I want to see him be more defensively. I, I, I That was kind of some, some of the same things I was going to state. Be more defensively sound, but amp up the aggression on defense. I see it in spurts. The tenacity. That, that tenacity, that yeah, dog. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's what I want to see from him. And <laughs> this is the funny thing with Killian. People say, oh, you guys saw the highlights from France and, 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 and took the bait. I see the same highlights here. Yeah. I, like, like, stick. What's good, brother? I Like, bro, I see the same highlights here. I see Killian, when he gets upset, be able to play with the likes of some of the better point guards and shooting guards and small forwards in this league. Right. I've seen him be able to, even on his worst offensive night, be able to defend some of the best players in the league. Like, that's what I'm talking about. He's, he's putting the measurables in the, in the, in the, the film out there. He's done that. It's just something up top that just doesn't seem to be right. Like, as soon as somebody bumps him, all of a sudden, his whole entire game seems to be off a cliff. You know, it, these spurts where he does nothing in the first quarter and then gets four to six points in the second quarter, does, you know, four to six points in the third quarter, and then absolutely nothing in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's just like killing. I believe that this gentleman, this this guy, this piston, like I, I believe he has the the all the skill sets there already. I don't believe that there's like some training he can do to get stronger that's gonna make him a better basketball player or some more handle drills or some more like catch and shoot drills that's gonna make him better. This is just Killian, like we said with Ivy, 
Bro, go out there and know you're a basketball player in the NBA, the number one professional league in the world, bro. And that's why I'm glad he's he's going to Rico Hines, man. Like he's going to these runs because in that American run, yeah. And <laughs> Rod, man, Rod talked about this too. Like that's the biggest thing you look for because for Killian, man, you go out there, you play with NBA players. And what's the thing you notice in runs? Like Rico Hines, everybody's mm-hmm. selfish. Like yeah. go go eat. This is Killian's time to be himself. You don't 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 go to yeah. Rico Hines and get six assists and don't even take a shot attempt. You go out there, you be yourself, get get buckets, and yeah. hopefully he, he just needs that. Yeah, he don't need to work on playmaking. Yeah, work like on shooting, maybe that's that Euro ball a little bit. Like you're playing the right way. And I get it. You want to play the right way. It's easy but there to, comes a point where you got to be a little selfish. Yeah, it's easy to be that guy who can get on the court and be a playmaker. We've all done that. We've all been there. You know what I mean? You it's like the dude the you talk to who, just, who doesn't hoop. He's pass. like, I can playmake. I'll set yeah, y'all up. Yeah, hey, I'll set y'all up. But Killian is a guy who we're looking at like, well, you're a 6'5 specimen at point guard. And I just saw you dunk. I just saw you shooting. I just saw you handling. I just saw you drop passing. I just saw you doing all these other things. Can you also do that too? Hmm? This is like, come on, like, what? No, I, I, I didn't hear you. Bro, what, I saw you over there practicing with your homie and you dunked on him. Can you do that too? Like, hmm? It's just like, bro, that's that's what it is. Yeah. Go back, like I, we tell people all the time, go back, look at his highlights from some of his best games. He's putting it on film. Yes, yeah. Like he sunned De'Aaron Fox, bro. Sunned him. Like that's what I'm saying. It's just like, come on, do that every time. But then they play the Sacramento Kings the next game. It looks like he's never touched the basketball. And it's just like kill. Like you can't you can't teach height and length, and you also can't teach heart. You can't. So like if you got both those things, man, like if you're six five and you got the, the physical God-given abilities he has, and you have the right mindset and heart, yep. he's gonna be special. It's just about can you lock in from quarter to quarter and not just kind of you know stand out. Really, just or yep. really fit in, not stand out. You want him to stand out. He's fitting in. He's like, all right, I'm just gonna play my role. Yeah, I'm Killian. I'll facilitate. Play and good he, defense. These are in 58 games played, 60 uh, 50, or 65 games played. 50 of those, 58 of those were start. Yeah, starting. Yeah, which means he came off the bench in what seven games. Yeah, I thought it was more than that. Yeah, I, I see uh, games played. He played 66, and he 66. started 40. Okay. Okay, so he okay, came okay, off, okay. he was off the bench for 26 of those games. Okay, okay. All right, dope. So, yeah, about half, I mean, you know, one-third of the games he played. Okay, dope. And this is the other thing here, man, with the catch and shoot and the pull-up numbers. What we've been talking about, and I wanted to save this for last because this is the most ugly of them, bro. <laughs> this is the widest split of all of them. So between the effective field goal percentage between catch and shoot and pull-up, 44% to 29%, bro, that's 15%, right? Um, the two-point field goal percent, there's about 14% between there, 46 to 32. Right. The three-point percentage, bro, what do you believe it is on catch and shoot? He's yeah. just a hair under, res- like, respectable minimum. 26. 29.4%. Oh. What do you believe he is? So just about 30%. One more point one, we'll be able yeah, to say 30%. You, you maybe let him slide at 30. Yeah, pull-ups, though? Oh, is it 20? No. 25? No. It's it's horrible, dog. You got to guess this quick because it hurts my eyes to look at it. No. 12? 12, dog. Oh. 12.5%. And that's that's the thing, too, man. Like, goodness, dog. That was Killian's biggest knock. Or not one of his biggest knocks is is the problem with his form. No feet set either. No, the feet. And I think now, like, if you're if you have a set and you're it's a it's a set catch and shoot pull up, that's 
it's easier because once you're off the dribble, you got to make sure you're squared Ooh. up too. Killian has had that problem. So pulling up, man, it's like I can see that. He, like, bro, like somebody got to sit him down and say, Killian, let's just focus on playing these ways. So when you go into a gym, it's consistent. You it's, just, it's consistent. You can practice, just work on it. Yeah, practice on getting better at this because he's not known as a catch-and-shoot player. Right. But right. get better at it. You're known as a playmaker, as a ball handler. I don't want to see the Rico Hines tapes of him making a dope pass. Him. <laughs> like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> Playing the right it. way. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Bounce pass. Fundamentals. It's just like, get out of here, bro. Like, I can see that in your Will Bynum clips that you used to put out. Like, I, And we love that, but we, we need the other side of it, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. We need the other side of it, too. Exactly. Exactly, man. Look, this Killian one was fun. Let me see. There was more stuff here in the, uh, in the advanced metrics. And as we get closer to the season and as we – get closer to basketball in general, man. We're going to get more and more into the deep dive of things with the numbers and such. Get more into, you know, uh, especially when the games start, man. Being able to get yeah. into the analytics of it all. Get, be able to get into uh, the fresh reviews of the game. You guys be on the lookout for that. It's going to be fun. But, um, yeah, Killian, his, um, he, has some, he has some interesting archetypes here. You know, the, the most important thing to, to note is probably that stretch from March 21st to I'm going to cap it at April 6th. Now there were a couple more games after that on April 8th and April 10th that he didn't fare too well in. I, I didn't like his play at all. He was 0 for 5 and 3. So I guess if he only scores 6 points, gets 3 assists, 3 rebounds in that game against Milwaukee in 27 minutes, he was 3 of 9. I can't fault him too much for that. Yeah, nine shots. I'll tell you, that's nine what want. shots. It was over five. We talked about that. Like we're like, look, if you played the right way, cool. So yeah, you know, I just want to bring up these two games first because they're outside of our range, and it looks like a dip. I don't want people to go back and say, "Oh, y'all box score watching." Now we we were there for those Killian games. I was literally in the building. Yeah. <laughs> um, Philly, it was the next game. He had a couple free throws. Oh, of note, that Milwaukee game, he didn't have any free throws, which means I think he's afraid to go into the paint when they're playing defensive teams. Philly, he only got two free throws. There's a lot of games where he gets no free throw attempts, bro. A lot of games where he's just – that stretch of 12 games, more than half of them, he didn't get a free throw. Or that stretch of nine games, more than half of them, he didn't get a free throw attempt, bro. And then we look over here and we check out Corey Joseph, and we see my man's getting a little more free throws. Sheesh. <laughs> no, they're about the same. Uh, no, they're not. Double the free throws. Wait. Yeah, almost. So I mean, he's 1.1. I, I not really double, but Corey matter. Joseph's almost two, and, and he's at 1.1. What's the minutes played? Uh, Killian has 25 minutes per game, and Corey Joseph has 20, about 25 minutes per game. So That's the same the amount of time. That's the problem. Corey Joseph's getting the line a little bit more. And when we're out there, what do we see Ko Kojo do? And guess what Kojo that like? same old man drive, scoop to the basket. Bro, and, 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 and he's smaller. Like, and he's smaller. I mean, by two inches, but he's 6'3". So it's Kojo the player that Casey is probably frustrating himself with but he's like somebody's gonna show killian that it's possible <laughs> like, yeah, somebody like it ain't I, that bad Kill like look get to the line Kujo is going in maybe like you know what i'm saying like killian uh, I, I look i gotta say the frustration is because this is a new year this is his first full off season and it's a it's a do or die year for him it's a i'll go man, that far i'll go that a, far Dude, if he if he averages five points, you know year, why? six points, People he's keep out. Saying, oh, we got time to make a decision, and if he prices himself out, bro, I don't think I don't I don't know how much Troy wants guys who try to price themselves out. I feel like he wants people who are going to outplay the value that he gives them. 
That's that's what he's that's what we've seen him do with Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. I know he's gonna want Marvin Bagley to outplay his contract. You know what I'm saying? And when he starts signing these guys, it ain't to say, oh, here, this is for, you know, just because what you've already done. No, it's because I want you to get to a place that you need to get to so we can be championship level. Killian has to make it count today. He has to make it count this year, man. Their decisions be made. And the other thing, hey, T. Falls, boy, Uncle T. Come on in here, man. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let me pull the get up from the curtain. We're supposed to be doing lunch with Uncle T. Listen, we're going to get that time. Out of, and ta-da! There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Uncle T. Hey, I, I got my uh, the computer bag I'm using over there, too. Okay. All right. I was rocking it out. Yeah, I'm going to definitely be in touch, and we're going to get your time as well, bro, so we can get out and uh, do something tonight. Okay. Did you forget um, the cards? Yeah. Oh, so I got them. I probably leave them here for a day or two. Yeah, I'll look through them. I did. They're, they're, I put. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. Tonight. I'm t- I told him about it. He told me. We gotta yep. get one after. Yeah. Hey, I took look, the man. Good one, the best Terry one Foster, the legend, man. He blessed us. He, he blessed the Wilbur Pistons crew, man. He, he definitely did. So, really shout awesome. out to him. Listen, you know, we're gonna show y'all in the next episode. It's gonna be dope. I was walking. It's funny. I, I grabbed the bag and I was walking out with it yesterday, and I had my computer in it. And Jimmy, uh, who did this? <laughs> oh, Jimmy, who does sales, he looks at you, he goes, "Man, look at this Pistons bag." He goes, that, "He goes, that's a, that's a classic." I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Uncle T gave it to me." He goes. Look at you. He's like, okay, giving you gifts and stuff. I'm like, that's hey, awesome. Hey. I appreciate you, brother. We, not, hey, you're, the, you're one of the inspirations, man. It's like we love the Pistons, but we've been listening to you for years, man. My college down? years, basketball. I have to. All that. You got to go somewhere. Today is my shave day. Shave day. <laughs> oh, you go to the, you go to your barbershop. Go he says he's going to the hood to get the shave, y'all. Yeah, Victor. Talk about some uh, Pistons Lion stuff. Hey, look. He always talks about, they make a prediction on the Lions every year. What's yeah. he saying? He always says, well, this has been a 16, 10 and 6, and 11 and 5. It's, got to be the Lions tomorrow. it's like stick. <laughs> yeah, it's another stick. Oh, man. <laughs> I guess you did. What's Terry, wrong listen, with you, dude? Listen. <laughs> yeah. I'll be back uh, after Vic, and then uh, we can discuss. Hey, All right, we'll let's do, do something. It. We'll do something. Do it. All right. Definitely. Hey, look, y'all. And we got some stuff on the way with Uncle T. Yeah, we do. We do. Let's get it. Let's get it. I can't wait, man. Dog, this season is going to be so dope. Yes, it is. It's going to be so dope. I don't think the people are ready. We got things cooking up. We do. We do. We got things cooking up. And back to that Killian. Back to the Killian thing, man. That stretch of games that he gave everybody, I think, a little bit of life and hope because everything we're talking about with Killian, I think it needs to also be in a vacuum where we're looking here, looking at these nine games. He shot, I wish I had the, the compository of what he shot, but just looking here, he had a couple games where he shot over 60%. Yeah. A um, couple games over 50%. So half the games, Killian was over 50% in this stretch. Then a couple games, he was just at 48%. Uh, only two games, three games during that stretch. So a third of the games, he was at uh, 33%. So this is that stretch from March 19th to April 6th. Killian, he was shooting good, bro. Yeah. He was taking the shots. And against OKC, a team where he knew he was the man, boy, it took 25 shots, hit 12 of them, man. But no free throws. No free throws. He took nine threes. Oh, he hit two of them, bro. <laughs> he, was <laughs> he was out there. We need that. If he don't with come out lesson. first game of the season with that type of energy, dog, send him back to France. Air Air France, bro. Like, 
No, but I, see, I love that though. Twenty-five shots. I don't know what was spoken to him before the game. Like <laughs> twenty-five he, shots, bro. But he shot twelve for twenty-five. I mean, forty-eight percent field goal percentage in that game. Two for nine from three. I'll live with it. I mean, he's got some things, but five steals. Five steals. Like, bro, twenty-six, eight, was, and seven with five steals. Because and I get before everyone comments. Well, that was against OKC Thunder's like backup backups. Like it was basically a G League. Bro, read all the other stats, man. Read the bro, other games. That's he was it. Crushing. That's it. He was it doesn't matter who he was facing. This is why we we're, it's good that he's coming off the bench because he's going to be facing guys mm-hmm. like he did in OKC at some nights. Because you mentioned to me before the show, he um, when we were in prep that he came off the bench about a month and a half before this stretch. Yeah. Yep. But in, Janu- in the, late January and the All Star break and a couple of inactives kind of sat in between that. Yeah. This is when we don't know what happened, but something clicked for him. Something absolutely clicked. And in that first game coming out, the breaks were 12, 13, 10. And he had a small blip, but six. And that was against New York. Uh, and, and the Pistons, what they lost that game. But still nine took, shots. Took nine shots. And but look at the fouls. Were look, good. But look at the fouls through those stretch of games. Yep. That's what we were talking about, too. Like in the 12, he fouled out. He had four the next game, three, four, two, three. Two. Like, and he's only playing, I mean, he's playing 25 minutes a night on average. So it's like in 25 minutes, you're getting four or five fouls. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, that's you're like, you're. I mean, you're walking on eggshells before you you're fouled out. So that's the thing with Kill. But he was still getting three. I mean, if you're talking steals, he had. I mean, he was averaging during that stretch about one and a half steals per game. So damn good. But just being disciplined. Yeah. that's all it is, man. Yeah, bro. We that's got to get to Isaiah Stewart. We yeah. have to get there too. Yeah. Or do you? Are you good today? Oh yeah, I'm chilling. Okay, all I'm right. chilling. We have to. We got to get to Isaiah. I'm, I'm sitting here like, sheesh. <laughs> a lot of good conversation on Killian. Yeah. Like, it really is. Because, That's why I wanted to start because yeah, we'll it's, talk a lot about him. Yeah, because when you get into the numbers of it all with Killian, you see something completely different about this gentleman's game. Like, I, I didn't I didn't understand how big a gap it was between his catch and shoot and his uh, pull-up numbers. That's crazy. That means that if he's, if he's somebody we want to see scoring, we either need him to, con- to go aggressively to the basket – or be in a catch-and-shoot position. Even if he's a point guard, maybe run some sets like they used to run with Chauncey that gets him, you know, wiggles him free to catch-and-shoot from the right. corner. You know, catch-and-shoot from that. From the, yeah. Like, the, those are the types of things I'm hoping can be enacted. But some of this also is the fact that Chauncey Billups was smart. He had high basketball IQ. Even though Killian Hayes is a good basketball player, there is basketball IQ that comes into play that, you know, he might have it as just a pure point guard, but does he have it as a playmaker? Does he have it as a two guard, mm-hmm. as a combo guard, which is what he's going to be asked to be, right? It's what are you asked to do? Casey said these guys have to be combo guards. They have to be able to play both positions, be interchangeable, be able to play off ball, and we see it will benefit uh, Killian. But Absolutely. let's get into Isaiah Stewart, man. I don't think we will have to spend as much time here. Uh, area of improvement on offense, area of improvement on defense, it doesn't have to be one just – what do you what do you what are you hoping to see this year as the step forward? Not necessarily the expectation overall, but just you know what I want to see that Isaiah Stewart has done this on offense and done this on defense. Offense is the obvious one is that three point shot, and I was just I wanted to see real quick. I wanted to um, look up his stats to end the season. Mm-hmm. In the last four games of the season, he was one for one from three. He in the next following game, he was three for three from three. Following game, he was one for four, and then the following game, he was two for two. That was that. So that was that hot streak. Two. The last four games, he kind of like, all right, I'm I'm getting more confident. Form looks better. Be more consistent. 
So that's what stood out what to me. What happened just before that? Because it would coincide also with the stretch that Killian had. So it looked like the team was allowing these guys to work on Yes, something. absolutely. And he shot, I mean, if you want, I mean, this is, it's only five game sample size, but he shot 70% from three. So the guy was actually playing well those five games. That's what I'm looking for offensively. I think there's other things as well. Um, he gets to the free throw line just being inside naturally. The rebounding ability is something that he's, especially late in the season, mm-hmm. he's gotten a lot better at. In the month of April, he basically averaged almost a double-double. And I think Isaiah Stewart can be a double-double guy. Like, he, he's too good. You're averaging right now 8-8, eight and 8-9, eight, eight and nine basically. There's no doubt in my mind you can kick that scoring total up to 10 points and his rebounds up to 10 rebounds. Like, he's, he's got the skill set to do it. And he's good defensively. Um, you you want to see him get... Uh, better offensively around the basket too. Like he's he's it's it's crazy to say that because he, he's an interior player, but he's not he's not great at finishing around the rim. So it's like, does he have a pet move? Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yeah, that's, see, like that's the, the thing. Paint, like, does he have that go-to, right. you know. little floater or something? He doesn't really have that in his arsenal as much. And you could tell his field goal percentage um, just on the season, too, with, 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 with Stu. He shot 51%. Last year, and I think that's solid. I mean, three for six, but again, more points you're going to average. You're going to have to work on that per, uh, the, the the efficiencies as well. So it just depends. I think he can take the next step. He just it, it starts with that three point shot and being more consistent around the basket. That's really the two things I'm looking for for Isaiah Stewart defensively. I think he's so versatile as it is. There's not really too much to critique. We talked about it multiple times on this podcast late in the season. He got better on the perimeter mm-hmm. defensively as well. Um, interior, he's just scrappy. He's tough. Like those things you can't teach. So he's got that already coming in this season. Um, but really the the number one thing with Isaiah Stewart, and this could change potentially his his future in the NBA, yeah. is being able to space and hit three-point shots, space out and, and hit, just catch and shoot, knock down. If you could shoot 31 32%, on the year, I'll take that. What do you think his catch and shoot was uh, on the year from three? I'll say because he only didn't take that many. He didn't. So I'll say 35. It was 30, 30.2. Okay. All yeah. right. He took about a small sample size. It's uh, small. It was about 0.6 a game. Yeah. Which honestly is not that bad. I thought it would have been lower. I, I don't know why. I just, I assume it was just that small spurt at the end of the season, which if you extrapolate that over the season, it would have been like 0.2 or 0.3. Yeah. That means that he actually did something. You know, 0.6 means he's taking, what, a, a three every other game maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's looking at 30, 30 point. Let me see. What's it over here for Isaiah Stewart? 32% from three? 32, yeah. In that sample size. And that's yeah, why. catch and shoot is 30.2, so. Is he had a couple pull ups? It not enough to even register. It was very very low. 
uh, and it sells at fifty percent. So that's probably why his overall was thirty two. Um, he has, he's averaging point three steals too. I feel like that's something he he's like much better. But who knows? Feel, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Because Drummond averaged like stocks. He was always over like two point five three stocks a game, which is steals and blocks. Yeah, I want to see Isaiah. That's what I'm saying. I want to see Isaiah Stewart be more disruptive. Those. Those levels, a little yeah. bit more disruptive of a player on offense, in the paint, and on defense. I, I like where his trends are going. Like, his catch and shoot and pull-up numbers are really good. His less than 10 feet numbers, that's what I was looking for. I have it here. His effective field goal percentage is 54%. Now, I don't know what that is in compared to other bigs, other fours. Um, do you mind Do you mind looking up? Uh, what, what, what do you think is a good player count for him? Somewhere that you think, uh, hey, I would like to see this gentleman's, this, this guy's, uh, um, you know, field goal as well. What do you say, like Robert Williams? Yeah, but Robert's different because I guess the, the thing with Robert Williams, I, I think Jalen Duran, I like to compare him to Robert Williams, but in terms of just being how big Isaiah is, like Robert Williams is 6'8", and he's 6'8", he's averages two and a half blocks, 2.2 blocks. The thing that stands out to me when you look up Robert Williams, though, is that field goal percentage. Like, he takes, he doesn't take any shots outside of, like, dunks. So, he, he averaged, the percentage he has is 73%. Okay. So, it's like, that's tough to compare because Isaiah There's a couple is, inches, a little bit different uh, flash as it relates to his play. They average about, you know, Stu is at about 8.7 and 8.7. Robert Williams is at 10 points and 9.6 rebounds a game. But, he's a double-double guy at 6'8", so yeah. Isaiah can get there. I know he can. No, he has to. He has to. What I'm going to do, I still want to look at the, I still want to look at the stats as it relates to his uh, less than 10 feet because I believe that's a good comparison. I believe, like, yeah, they have some tweaks to their game, but largely these are two players who are trying to fill similar roles on yeah. on their squads, and yeah. that's why I think it's still. And Robert can't shoot, so the fact that Isaiah already has that, I think that'll make him much more valuable, you know, for the, right. to the Pistons than he would have been without a shot. His catch and shoot is irrelevant. <laughs> Is less than 10 feet, obviously, yeah. yeah he's going to be at that, that 75. That's where he's taking everything. Is that Robert Williams? Yeah. Yeah, Every, yeah. everything. Everything, everything is that's coming it. from there. That's what, I think that's what separates, like, Isaiah's 51% field goal percentage. Yeah, he misses some shots around the basket, but also it's different. It's, he's, he's more expanded offensively, I think, than Robert Williams. But my, my comparison was two 6'8 guys that are playing really center – yeah, I mean Isaiah might play more four this year, but Robert Williams is a true center. Like he averages basically a steal a game as well. That's the thing we talked about. So he's he's a little more disruptive. I think he has a little bigger wingspan, but Isaiah Stewart has a big wingspan too. That's not talked about enough. I mean, what's his wingspan actually, Isaiah Stewart? Yeah, definitely. He has a uh, yeah seven foot seven four foot four, bro. And his height on there is what like six six, six eight nine. six nine. Um, and then Robert Williams has a seven foot six, so they're really not that far off. Like for that's pretty good, man. If you're averaging double the blocks and double the steals, then Isaiah Stewart, man, like I don't think it's yeah. it might be more instinct. Like yeah, would, would, would Pascal Siakam be a good player to compare that that less than ten feet? Because I'm trying to figure out some players that are kind of at the top of this NBA. Maybe Jaron Jackson, but I know his uh, season with injuries and such. Maybe Marvin Bagley. Yeah, that'd be fair. Just his own teammate, compare yeah. or Bam or something. I don't even know. Bam's a all star though. Yeah, let me look. Let me look at Marvin Bagley. Yeah, Marvin Bagley because he's he's a uh, he's gonna be next man. Who we're gonna get into? I, I just want to look at this because I, I do think it's important. Because uh, Marvin Bagley averaged fourteen point six points per game, fifty five percent field goal for the Pistons, uh, six six point eight rebounds. You want to see that number get up? But he got twenty seven minutes a game, so 
getting his feet wet. He was a little tired and rebounds as much as anybody wants to say. Yeah, you'll get a few if you got the natural height and, 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 and gifted body and everything, but it's a talent. It is. You have to want to go and get a rebound and get 10 rebounds. You really do. Um, all right, let's see here. With Marvin Bagley, his catch and shoot numbers on the year. I mean, not catch and shoot, but is uh, less than 10 feet, 60%, bro. His effective field goal, 60.9. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a huge difference. Yeah, and, uh, it is. Beef stew is in about the mid 40s. Yeah. And imagine if he just converted Sheesh. like 10 more percent, 15 more percent than he already does, Isaiah Stewart. Like he'd be at. Yeah, my fault. Not, not, not mid 40s. Hold on. Less than 10 feet, he's at 54.6. 54.6 for B. Stu. Yeah, he's one for two every time at the basket. His less than 10 for, uh, what's the name, 60.9. It's not, it's, not, it's not far off. It's not far off, but I believe that. I think you can the get reason, to that 60, though. I, and I think that's the difference between him being a player that's averaging eight points per game and him being a guy that's averaging like 10 or 12 points yeah, per game. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and with the type of player that he is, the style of play that he is, that one or two more shots a game or a quarter, um, or even a half, the style that he plays means he's putting more aggression, more dis disruption. Like, I like that you use that term, more disruption into the game. When we're talking about these types of improvements, I know a lot of times I'm glad we're looking at areas that we want to see them improve. People say, well, I'm going to see this stat, that stat, this stat. Then you look at all of their stats. You're like, but then they're going to average like 150 points and like 70 <laughs> rebounds. What we're talking about here are these areas of improvement that we're talking about. Hey, Killian, let's see you take one or two more shots a game. Beef Stu, let's see you get one or two more shots a game in the areas that we know are going to put you in your best areas yep. to succeed. When you look at that scope, now you're seeing these marginal improvements from each player being able to move the team forward in a big, in a big way. You know, more than just marginal steps forward with everybody looking for theirs, but more or less people putting themselves in position to 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 be ready to catch a, a catch and shoot three. Both of them, Killian and and Isaiah Stewart. Sadiq right. Bay, we talked about what he needs to do last year to next last week to take a next step forward in this season. And so that's I think it's a more realistic approach to look at beef stew. Let's get that percentage up six percent. Some people will say, Well, what I do? Well, when you put that with his six percent. When you put that with Killian Hayes is not making another three or two. When you put that with adding Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran to the mix in general, when you add that to whatever K does, if he gets just one or two more free throws, now we're talking about this team averaging 10, 12, 14 points more per game in ways that they can actually succeed in. We're, that's why we're looking at these numbers. Hey, put him at the catch and shoot then. If you didn't think he could, it's his, Killian has succeeded the best that way. We've seen B. Stu now go out there and his small sample size improve. He can be a four that can stretch the floor, you know. And so I, I'm I'm glad that we're looking at it from this way, even though it may seem like marginal increases. These are huge things, man, huge steps, especially when you talk about with Killian. We're getting down to the end of his contract. Uh, Isaiah Stewart uh, came in the same year that he did. Getting down to the end of these guys' contracts, man, like, or, or their first contracts. You, know, you want to see that these guys have taken a step towards superstar or all-star level. You know, that's what you want to do. If Killian hasn't shown that he is that, then what are we doing? You know, what are we doing this season? What are we doing next season? Next season is what the contract decision. Yep. And I think that their minds will technically be made up this year because it becomes a tradable asset that fourth year. Unless they just say, hey, 
He's cheap. He's this. He's that. I just don't feel like the Pistons are that type of organization right now, though. Where they're just like, well, you know, we can get him back cheap. He didn't meet the measurables, but we can use him this way. They just, to me, have not really, really fit that way. Or else just sign Drummond. You know what I'm saying? Right. Do this or do that. Like, I just, I don't know, man. So, I, with... You know, with Isaiah Stewart on the defensive end, is there anything else on the offensive end? You know, I know I want to see him rebound better. I didn't know which side that should go on, offensively or defensively. But I believe his defensive rebounding can get better. Yeah, that's probably where I would lean as well. I, I didn't really – I'm going to be honest. That's I'm kind of curious now to look at that. Mm-hmm. He actually got better as an offensive rebounder. So 3.2 offensive rebounds a game. Yeah, compared to 2.3 his rookie year, playing four more minutes. Five so and a half re- defensive rebounds. What give him his rookie year. He was uh, 4.3. So okay. he he got better. So I'm, I'm maybe offensively, it's really just just developing a shot. That's really and finishing being more consistent around the rim, and then defensively, just being just being solid on the perimeter, and then the the steals we talked about being more disruptive. That's really all. Yeah. For, for Isaiah, it's not too much. I mean, the, the guy, you know what you're getting with Isaiah Stewart. That's the difference. You know, like, every night he's going to play hard. Yeah. Just critiquing him at this point. And the the, the thing that we, I do want to bring up here, because we've touched on it with a lot of these players, with all of them, actually, is the personal fouls. He, Kate led the team in personal fouls at 3.1 per game. But number two right behind him is Isaiah Stewart. And there were some, his paint defense, there were some reckless fouls. I didn't really... Notice him getting fouls out on the perimeter like that. He didn't bump guys. He wasn't out of position. He knew kind of how to hold his own. Right. But those three fouls per game, uh, that's something he has to get under control uh, as it relates to how he defends people in the paint. Sometimes it's about staying sound, even if you don't get the block. You and know? he might be, he might have less fouls this year because he's on the perimeter more. Mm, yeah. You know, playing well, defensively. Like if he, he might, if you might, he might be playing with Duran. He might be playing with Nerlens Noel. You know, might be playing with guys that, are going to take that assignment. So hopefully, like last year, he was our big, period. So, like, it was him and Trey Lyles, if you want to count. <laughs> yeah, he had no help. No no help. <laughs> it, was, it was just him down there. Yeah, so, we could, going against we Bohemians. Defensively perimeter. You know, it's so like, maybe that'll help him a little bit. It should. But to your point, like, when you are defending in the post, yeah. yeah. Being disciplined. It goes back to being disciplined. Yep. Yep. It, it should. I mean, and yeah, he took a leap forward. He took some leaps forward. I, I wanted him to. I, I had him at the beginning of the season. Shout out to JD Sports Tweets. We're going to bring the over-under competition into the Woodward Sports family. Uh, JD's going to run it all still. It's going to be associated with the Pistons form and everything. But I had Isaiah Stewart finally averaging, I thought, that that double-double. Yeah. And, and, but I continue to plead with, you know, last at the start of last season that he just always seems to get right there but can't seem to. He's always like at 8-9, and 8-8, 8-7, 10-7, 11-7. And and or he'll get 13 rebounds, 8 points. You know, I I want to see him attack. Not to say I want to score ten points, but to and keep saying it, disruptor. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's the word for Isaiah Stewart. It's is be a disruptor. That's just straight up, man. Um, with the fouls, what was his blocks his rookie season? He had one point one blocks. Yeah, he actually this year. regressed. De- just in, and I mean, it's not a terrible regression, but he averaged one point three blocks and zero point six steals his rookie year and then his second year. Um, and 2.7 fouls. So he had, you know, less fouls, okay. more blocks, more steals. And the following year, he has less blocks, less steals, and more, more fouls. fouls. So it shows so that's the thing. increase in aggression, but need for being taught what it be. Yeah. That's, that's what that is. And you said less blocks, less steals, but what did he do a little bit more this year than he did his first year? Perimeter defense. Yeah. That's so true. you're going to see that's a true. shift. 
You're going to see a shift. And he's learning. These are young players. We want to be fair to that. We are ready for these guys to be good because we are the ones who have been sitting, waiting 84 years for this team to be something different. You know what I'm saying? But these guys are just stepping in like we are different. You know, we're learning. We're getting better. We're doing this. We're doing that. And I do want to be fair to that. But at one area of improvement, if he can try and get that foul number back down, if those foul numbers are going to be three, I would like to see the blocks be up two, at least. That's it. At least. That's right there. You know, um, his free throw percentage was very, very, very respectable. Um, seven, eighteen percent. You know, hitting one a game. I would like to see that be a little bit more too. But this team struggled overall with free throw shooting, and I believe that that was more indicative of the NBA. Some guys we know be a little bit more aggressive, but. Um, they gave Jeremy Grant his due at five and a half a game, and we still thought they were leaving some out there. Kay Cunningham, we know he was getting hosed. Sadiq Bay, Dude, there's no free throws on this team. This team was not getting free throws, not even from the big men. I mean, we know the way Hami <laughs> Diallo plays. He only plays to get free throws, and he even was only getting, what, 2.4 a game? He got to improve that free throw shooting, man. We're going to get into some stuff, man. Hey, am I seeing this correctly? What are you looking Saban at, Saban Lee in 37 games? Where's Saban Lee at here? And th- he's twentieth on the team. Look at this. Yeah. In twenty-seven games or thirty-seven, my bad. My man averaged almost two free throw attempts. Sheesh! I just let that slide, bro. And he was hitting one point five of them. One point five out of one point eight. Yo, hold on, man. Why do we? Okay, I see his field goal percentage is thirty-nine percent. And he played sixteen Why minutes a game, bro. So that thirty-nine percent, it does suck because Hami is at forty-nine percent. So you're telling Frank me Frank Jackson's at forty. A guy who didn't start plays sixteen minutes. He's getting two free throw attempts a game, and we got guys like K getting two point what six, <laughs> bro. Wait. Starting playing thirty-three minutes. What? Say that again. Say that again. Start that whole sentence. Saban <laughs> Lee. In 37 games, didn't start a single game and played 16 minutes per game. Is getting more free throws than uh, Killian Hayes. And he has more free throws Bro. than Isaiah Stewart. He has more free throws than... <laughs> Stupid. Almost as many free throws as uh, Hamadou Diallo. I mean, that's crazy. Bro, you know who's uh, absolutely listening to this right now and is absolutely like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to go wreck? Saban Lee in 16 minutes, got two free throws a game? Jaden Ivey is probably like, yes, Dude, he's, yes, yes. He's at basically two free throw attempts and Cade's at 2.6. <laughs> that's stupid, dog. But again, like, oh, damn, I don't even know what to say. It's like it goes back to that mindset thing, bro. Like, Saban Lee, he is a dog. As much yeah. as you want to say, like, Saban Lee's going to attack, 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 attack. That's the one thing we know he's going to do. Attack. He's going to attack, bro. It might not look good when he's in the air, but, hey, he's going to keep but going. That, but but that's the thing. From day one, Saban Lee had that. Yeah, Like, he, we, he, he needs did. to do yeah, other things. Don't. We're not going to bring up the pull-up numbers on Saban Lee. Yeah, we'll save those. <laughs> we'll save those, man, because this season's going to be a big season for him, man. Like, Seriously, I didn't know that, man. That's that's huge, man, and dumb. It's both. Like one, how, bro? A half a free throw less than Cade in way less time. I'm afraid to look at the overall totals. Oh yeah, a, like, in half the minutes, it's literally half the minutes Cade plays. That's what I'm saying. If I look at the plays totals, bro, and he's within a third of the free throws of Cade on the season, that's I'm gonna look at this. Later. And he's got more than Killian. <laughs> No, yeah, this is. I'm trying to take some shots, but that's the reality. Like, yeah, part of this just, is on these players. We get it, but a lot of this is come on NBA. Come on, yeah. K yeah. hitting 85 from from free throw. I that's what you're trying to stop, man. If you got these other guys, you're trying to prop up. You saw what Jack Kelly put as we get into our K zone and try and wrap this thing up. Jack Kelly, um, shout out Detroit Bad Boys, man. 
he posted um, the graphic in the clip of um, Cade versus Scotty Barnes for Rookie of the Month in March. It was a total, like, Cade absolutely had mashed, bro. But for whatever reason, the NBA decided, man, we're going to give it to the other guy. I, yeah, I, we're going to give it to the team that's I winning. wish I had that up. Oh, here it is. Still wild to me. Uh, shout out at Jack underscore Kelly underscore 313. Shout out Detroit Bad Boys. And shout out Sean Court, bro. We got a meeting. We got to talk. But still wild to me that K didn't win Rookie of the, of the Month in March. I'm a huge fan of Scotty, but the numbers were in K's favor. K, 23-6-7 in 37 minutes on shooting splits of 48-32-83. Bro, give me a little dog, a little growl. Because that's dog, bro. That's, bro. That's, that, that's that, like. Come on. Yeah, that man was locked in that month. He's like, he, he, it's like that Michael Jordan meme. Like, I took it personally. Like, yep. that month of March, he took it personally. Scotty, though. 17, 8, and 5. That's respectable. <laughs> Those are Cade's numbers on the year. I know, but. On splits of 51, 24, and 70, bro. What was the team record to that stretch? Do they have that too? I got to figure that out. That's I know the that biggest for the, one. But for the Pistons, that was the best stretch. That was the stretch for the Pistons. March was a stretch. That's when Killian was getting busy. That's when the team was winning most of their games. Right after, um, right after All-Star. They won the majority of their games after the All-Star break. Crazy dog. I want to. I want to look it up. Well, listen. These are things we definitely gonna bring up. I know that today was by Zay and Killian. If you can find it, definitely find it. But because uh, these are the things that just as it relates to Cade, as it relates to his steps forward, it gets really, really tough. We know certain things we want to see him get stronger. But did Cade need to get stronger to get foul shots this year? No. So the Pistons were six and ten. And they had what twenty three wins on the season, six and ten. Raptors were eleven and five. So they're probably just giving it to him because he's winning, bro. I, yeah, I don't even want to. I hate this conversation. I've had it. So but is that it, what they dude. were supposed to do? They were going to do that with or without him. Like, he contributed. Yeah, he but did. They but that's what they were doing, man. I mean, the Raptors are a playoff team, regardless of Scotty's there or not. I'm sorry. He he's going to make them even better, and I think he he and he's he, really good. He's really good. <laughs> but the Pistons are not going six and ten in the month of March without Cade. It's not happening. Like, that's that's 0 and 10. Or 0 and 16. Yeah, how many wins on the season? 23. We got to... We're going we're gonna to break this down. We're going to break this down. We're going we're gonna to look at the Pistons Holy month by month. We, I don't even know if we have the time to do that today. We're gonna guess get what? They that faced the time. Pistons in the month of March. L. For the Raptors. Come on, man. Get that stuff out of here. We're going to start next, next, uh, next cool. one with, yeah, with the month by month. We're going to look at what K was doing. We're going to look at his numbers. We're going to look at the – what up, Adam? Got a big boss in there. We're going to look at what these guys did, man, as K got better. Because if the Pistons showed remarkable improvement, we talked about it. We want to see the Pistons play winning brand or winning style of basketball. Cade had no help, man. When just a few guys got back, we saw Cade and Killian and Isaiah Stewart take steps forward. We saw Jeremy Grant look a little better. We saw this team win some games, bro. That's crazy. Gonna, I was looking at the box score in that game, too, when they beat the Raptors. I was just curious. They won by two. Cade had uh, 22, 12, and five and two steals, mm. one block. He, he, he was <laughs> dialing a phone number on that stat sheet, bro. Nine for 20, four for nine from three. He was cooking. And then they cooking, had uh, Sadiq Bay. See, like you just mentioned, it was funny you said that as I was looking. When other guys stepped up, there was three guys in 20 points, and they won. So, like, he had help. They beat him. Mm -hmm. Raptors had uh, basically – 
three guys with almost 20 points. They had uh, Siakam at 28. Oh, Siakam, that's funny. Mm. Yeah. Really good player, by the way. I wish Kate had a Siakam. Um, yeah, I, me too. Scotty Barnes, 20. He played well. I'm not going to crap on him. 21-10 and 2. But he was... He's getting spoon fed. I don't want to put up the advanced metrics because people don't think we parsing, but he was getting spoon fed yeah, in that game. True. Just letting y'all know. That's true. That's true. And, and Gary Trent Jr. had a terrible game, but yeah, that and then Precious had 18 points. But that, that's the kind of one I want to look at too. I like it's Precious. like when when put. I like Precious. Precious nice. <laughs> he nice. I was I was watching him in high school. That's another conversation. But um, yeah, but with with Cade, I think it's just there's levels to this man. There really is. I and I don't care about Rookie of the Year. I, I At this point, I've gotten over it because when it's all said and done, we know who's going to be the best player. Yeah. Like that, that award Bro, is, they were is writing a those. They were writing those articles before the end of the season. Yeah, they were. They were writing those articles before the end of the like, season. Bro, you think if the Raptors had the number one pick, they're picking Scotty or Cade? I mean, come on. It's no question. They're picking They're picking Cade. Yep. Not yep. even blinking. Yep. So, I'm Listen, good, man. We got tell the us realistically. Realistically, do you believe it's more on the NBA or more on Cade Cunningham to figure out? Let us know as it relates to this free throw and these yeah, fouls and such because I know we say we critique players. I don't really know what you critique Kay Cunningham on. I'm not saying that you don't state areas we want to see him improve. No, you're right. But this man literally went out there without any free throw help like every other top draft pick and every other like random rookie was getting, man. Turn into a man. We looked at the free throws. I looked at the top 10, the free throws of the top 10 rookies. Remember the stuff I plugged you in? Yep. That was disgusting. We're going, to, we're going to get into this more. We're going to have to open up with Cade, his actual effect on the game, the numbers of it all, because I don't want anybody to accuse of, of accuse us of just being homers. He did this with no help. When you look at some of these other players and the free throws that they got, playing either less minutes, not taking as many field goal attempts, mm -hmm. but they're getting either the same amount of field goals. Bro, Cade Cunningham was, between him and Evan Mobley, was a leader that was only almost 100 field goal attempts in between them. But Cade made only 20 field goals less than him. Oh, or free throws. Think That's about crazy. that. Like, there were so many guys ahead of him. There were rookies who I'm just like, oh, he was a rookie this year who had more free throw attempts or a better free throw rate. Effectively, more free throw attempts per field goal. Yeah. This, this is wild to me. And they were taking like five field goal attempts, eight field goal attempts. Our man taking 16. Dude, I'm telling you. And that's the biggest thing for guys coming to the NBA. It's adjusting mentally. Cade is is already there mentally. It's adjusting physically for him. And, and I think that's a great thing when you're when you're talking about your own franchise player. You're like, hey, this guy gets it. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. He gets it mentally and, and how to process NBA and, and, and how to process basketball at a high level, but it's physically. And that's really the only knock you can give Cade. It's just getting stronger, and that's, that's a good thing. 
Yep. And the all only he has reason to do is work on what he has to do physically. And the reason why we stayed that, though, is because of how the free throws looked. If he was getting those calls, I think we would just say, hey, it would be cool when he comes back next year even stronger rather than saying the only knock is. We have to say that because the NBA is effectively challenging him. Yeah. And you know what? NBA has done this before, man. They've challenged NBA, our yeah, teams. We blame, yeah, blame They've challenged NBA. other players. And when those players prove, you know what, he's that deal, give him the prime time. Were the Pistons on prime time when they proved they were that deal? By the time 2003, 2004, before they won a championship, the Pistons were had to go through gauntlets. And they, did. they were tested by a lot of different teams in the East that they could not get through. And when they finally proved they were through, man, the Pistons was on national TV. I remember right. watching them on TNT like once a week. Like they were they were getting national TV games, TNT, ESPN, all that, Chauncey and Rip, Ben, these guys that stretch where they held teams under 70. They were getting it. And if they're doing that, they're saying, hey, go out here, prove it. We, we're trying to see who you are, like they did with Shaq. We think Cade is a great. We don't think that Cade is just an all-star. We don't even believe that Cade is just a guy who can lead us to maybe a championship. We believe that Cade Cunningham is a guy who is an absolute superstar. And if that's the case, he will prove it. Did he prove he's an all-star level player? Yeah. yeah if he comes out and he takes everything up a notch and the NBA is still saying – Hey, you know, earn it more than we made guys like LeBron earn it. Because LeBron was getting, what, four or five, six free throw attempts a game yeah. his rookie season. Yeah, hey, he was. We looked it up, KD and these guys. He's not getting that. We got other rookies who got more f- uh, free throw attempts in their rookie seasons than KD coming in. And that could be also the, the the them being a victim of the rule changes with the NBA and their officiating. Because, like, that's the thing they're trying to work on is offensive fouls, defensive fouls, like especially guys mm-hmm. getting free throws. And so it, back then it was like blowing whistles. I mean, well, to a certain extent, physicality wise, yes, it was much more physical. But guys were getting to the line because the game was much more physical. Now it's a more finesse league. Like you don't see yeah. as many guys getting to the line. But yet, to your point, just look at his own damn class. Yeah, guys are getting to the line Jaylen more Green than him. So it's not there, all of that. Evan but Mobley, Jalen Suggs, which these is guys crazy. got crazy, crazy, bro. Got to the line more than Kate. I just <laughs> crazy. I don't, I don't get it, man. I that list made me mad, bro. I'm curious to see what he does this year and how what he get, how much he gets to the line. I'm gonna be watching because that. I don't want him to rely on it. Don't rely on it. Maybe the NBA is saying, "Bro, it's, don't rely on us." You're K. Cunningham. Go get a bucket. Go get the buckets. Go out there and get them and cry all game like LeBron used to. Well, I, I want to go back and look at the free throw rates. I, I'm gonna do this this week because I want to see these guys that we did look at. To be fair, to see where they placed in their class because. Yeah, LeBron might have been getting those free throws, but if he was still like sixth or seventh in his class, and that's a problem because remembering being on the scene when we were watching those games, I remember him, I remember it being an adamant outcry from their fans and from LeBron that he wasn't getting his calls. Yeah. I remember. But what happened then? He he made but them call. But he made them or he was just absolutely He was like, I'm, if you work. ain't going to call it, I'm going to go to the rim like a freight train and you're going to have to make a business decision. Do I call this or not? Or I'm going to murder somebody. Like, like and they were like, all right. We're tell me they it. didn't throw that gauntlet down in 06. Yeah. He had to score, bro. It wasn't like they were just blowing the whistle, blowing the whistle. He really college. had to be he like, had to go I'm going to make y'all. 25, 26 straight points. And you're right. And after that, nothing was the same. LeBron took over after that. That yeah. was it. And if Cade can come through this in his rookie year, in his second year, prove, y'all better put me in an all-star game or else I am going to be a legitimate snub. Like, yeah, I don't want that whole stupid, oh, give him another year, put him in the Rising Stars Challenge again. Skip that, man. Skip that. If this man deserves it and proves it, put him in there. Seriously, what do you think Kay Cunningham needs to do to get to the All-Star game, like, stat-wise? Because if he's averaging, like, 22, 8, and 5, that's that's all numbers, yeah. But he could have did that this year, this past season. Yeah. 
Got to the line, yeah. Yeah, I know we've we been twenty two five and five. Defenses will change how they play him. He has a little bit more talent, so we'll see. But defense is going to know a little bit more of his tendencies. Right. Um, I like the fact that K can go to both hands, uh, but he has pet moves, and we're going to yeah. get into that as we get close to the season. I've been doing some studying. He has some pet moves that I believe defenses they tried to shade him towards towards the end of the season, and it sometimes can mess with his efficiency, though it didn't take him out of the game. Right. But sometimes it's all you need is just to disrupt the guy's efficiency, just to go on a spurt or a run at the end of a game or something of that nature. So it'll be interesting to get into it just to see how K played throughout the course of a game and how the defensives kind of responded and adjusted because that's that's going to be his biggest thing is how do you follow up year one knowing that everyone's looking at you as the man. Coming into your rookie year, people say he's a first-round pick. He's the number one pick, but he's with the Pistons. There's other exciting guys. People kind contemplated his whole year. Scotty Barnes, Evan yep. Mobley, or this – you're coming in this year towards the end of that season where people are saying, you're the guy, all eyes are on you, y'all got two lottery picks, you got a little bit of help, y'all are the league pass darlings, what are you going to do, Kate? Because we've seen other guys, their teams take the leap, even though they're not going to look at the fact that we don't have what Charlotte had. We don't have right. what Memphis has as help. We don't have that. We lost, other than Kate, you know, we're going to say Kate's our best player, we lost our second best player in Jeremy Grant. That's where we're at. And we don't even know if we've replaced – what he can be. We believe that there's a way or a path to it, but we don't even know. Yep. So this is a huge year for Cade to step out there and state, you know, it's not about wins or losses or this or that. It's about I'm that guy. I'm the deal. Year three, Cade, we know that's the year that they have the money. That's the year that they're going to be able to make some decisions. That's the year that these other players should take a step forward. And Jalen and Jaden should be solid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Together, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I want to go through it, man, because – it's so hard to critique or to even highly praise Cade until the wins are there. You know, we can't really praise him until the wins are there as it relates to what this team is doing, where he's going to take us and things. Like, we know what we think. So it gets tough, man. I'm sitting here like, but the numbers, the style of play, going toe-to-toe with these superstars and winning these stretches of games where the Pistons are almost 500. Mm-hmm. I don't know, dog. Like, let's, 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 let's get there, guys. Let's get there. It's been a long time. Let's do time. it. I'm waiting. <laughs> I got the watch. Definitely. Hey, listen. It's time. We're going to be rocking out. When is it? Tomorrow. August 25th at the yeah. Midway. We'll be at Midway. Monroe Street Midway, downtown Detroit. Woodward Sports, Woodward Heavyweights. They're going to be broadcasting live from 5 to 7, I believe. Yep, 5 to 7. From 5 to 7. Listen, I'm going to be down there. Come down, boy. Woodward Pistons will be represented. You going to be down there at all? Oh, I'll be hoping. Yeah. Oh, let's go. You heard that, right? Y'all better not show up without some gym shoes or something. Oh, you bro. have to, yeah. Y'all got to. We're going to be out there. I know they got the jersey giveaways. It's going to be a fun time, for real. And I believe we have the basketball coming up. Is that league coming up in September? Um, Yeah, I think early September. We got the three-on-three league. The three-on-three league. Listen, you guys want to be able to be tuned in. It's going to be what we're sports players, you know, uh, uh, personalities. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we all know who's going to uh, take that thing. Oh, yeah. It, it, you know, it's, I, th- I don't think, think it'll it, happen because it ain't it, it just – it ain't fair. Yeah, it ain't fair. It ain't fair. I feel barbecue bad. chicken. Everybody else's chances is like that bell I'll slide, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough, got the bro. same survival rate as the bell I'll slide. <laughs> if you if you get in a two on two with me, let's go. Related. Listen, y'all want to tune in? We're gonna stream it. We're gonna have the draft. It's gonna be dope. It's yeah. gonna be really really dope. But this is the reason why I'm telling you, you guys want to watch. We were Pistons. We're gonna take that model and we're gonna try and open that up to the community. Um, who deserves to be out there on the court, man? Straight up. We're going to try and make sure we have our own Woodward Pistons League. 
Yep. And we want to see you guys come out, have some fun, meet you guys, play some ball. And there will be some some surprises, man. There will be some things to win. There will be some stuff on the line, more than just pride. We're going to have some fun. We're going to definitely have some fun. Uh, other than that, man, is there anything else? Jay did you see the Jay Nivey working out with Russell Westbrook? I, I did, man. We were definitely going to get into that on the table talk. That thing, I, I know Adam was probably pissed. He was probably like, no. What do you think about it, bro? I'll, I'll I, I'm listen. If you actually think that's <laughs> your, if you hate that, you're a dumbass. I'm sorry. If you really don't like Jay Nivey learning from a guy like Russell Westbrook, who has similar traits to Jay Nivey, both extremely athletic. If you don't think Russell Westbrook has yep. anything to offer Jay Nivey, you're, you're just, you're ignorant. Especially with how to succeed early in the NBA with that skill set, with those traits. This is what people, and recency bias is so bad in the NBA, like or in sports in general. Like people look at what Russell is the last two, three years, you know, and they say, well, you know, he's, he doesn't help his team win. He's, he's only worried about himself. He's only worried about his production. Yeah, to a certain extent, I agree with you. But what about Russell in totality as a career? You don't think he's going to make the Hall of Fame? Seriously? He's going to be a Hall of Fame point guard. I'm sorry. It's just how it is. He's one of the he's the only point guard in the modern era to average a triple-double for multiple seasons. He's an MVP. I don't give a crap what you think about his MVP season. If you look him up, and he has the MVP award at his house. So he's an MVP. That's what I look at. Jay Nivey can learn from Russell. Russell's been healthy for a majority yep. of his career. He can give him tips. I mean, for as athletic as Russell is... Like, the biggest thing is, like, you were always wondering, like, man, if he gets hurt, his knee. Like, and he's had knee mm -hmm. issues, but yeah. I'm talking, like, ACL, you know, blowing an Achilles, whatever it is. He's been healthy. He's been a good citizen, at least in OKC. I know he's been a little, you know, him and KD didn't work out. But it just as him as a player, man. It's not like people think that Jay Nivey's around Russell. All of a sudden, he's going to change his play style completely and play like Russell the last two years. Russell no. will be able to tell him what to avoid, if anything. Absolutely. It, that's what we're Absolutely. all supposed to do, man. We, we all make our mistakes. We all have our ups and our downs. And when you hear these players talk about the, you know, the advice and the instruction and the training that they're getting from older players, it's not just, oh, yeah, he told me to go be great. No, they're telling these guys about the ups, the downs, the pitfalls. Like shit that I went through. Like, Russell's yeah. like, hey, this is what I had to do. This is my rookie year. I wish I knew this. This, how they, this is how the media may come at you. Like, yeah. straight up, that matters because... In your rookie year, you have so much noise going on, bro. Yeah, you do. So much noise going on, yeah, especially as just a young player in general. So much noise. I, I like. I wish we had that type of mentorship around guys like Andre Drummond and Brandon. I like. There was nobody to mentor those guys and, and and show them anything. And I don't really remember them working out with guys like the culture of NBA basketball working out like that. It wasn't necessarily to that degree then. Right. It was happening, but now it's like these young guys know. Oh, you better get to Rico Hines. You better get to this camp. You better go to this program. You better go and do this. You better go and do that. You want to be doing these things because you get to meet other players. You get to work out. You get to increase your prospects because you're not. What if some of these guys aren't on the Pistons? Well, you want a Chris Paul or you want a Russell Westbrook or you want an AD or you want these guys like a Trey Young who they're working out with to say, you know what? Pistons might not sign Killian, but I know it could be for us as a backup. Those things matter, dog. And then learning these guys' moves, getting comfortable. We know that Killian is the most comfortable, you know, plays the best when he's the most comfortable. If he's getting comfortable playing against these guys, when he steps out on the court in the NBA with them, it's going to be a comfortable experience. Against second unit guys. Right. The bench, yeah. yeah, right. He's going to know that. So, like, yeah, I wish that guys like our earlier draft picks who I thought were fine prospects had this, this around them. And I wish they had a little bit more guidance. Even Stanley Johnson, he didn't really have the guidance. 
He was oh, going yeah. to play in pro-ams and run around with Drake, bro, at the OVO leagues and such. But he didn't have somebody saying, hey, let's sit down and let's actually work on our game. Hey, you know, me as a player, your player type is, is similar to this and the other. Now, when we saw him get that in Toronto, that's which which is the 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 tree of uh of Dwayne Casey. Remember, mm-hmm. uh, Stanley got brought in through SVG, and they didn't really do anything. When he got to Toronto, and uh, they kind of focused on, hey, this is what you can be as a player, and put him in his best position to succeed. They got a little bit of something out of him. I remember people talking, oh man, look at the pistols they slept on him. They just say that. No, there, there was some stuff that was adamant. That that was right. You know, true. What are you asked to do? What are you asked to do though? That yeah. rung true. Yeah, if, if Stanley, true, if his role was three and D, I think he's if he can just get his three point percentage up, he's he's going to excel at that. Yeah, he's not a franchise player. I mean, he's that's just what you have to accept. That's that's the difference between and that's, the regime and organization today. It is, it is, and, and to go back to that Russell Westbrook thing, it's like guys. And I, I saw comments. This just made me cringe, dude. I'm looking at the comments. Was it Mob? Who was it? Nick? Who posted that? Nick on Pissing Twitter or Mob Hoops? Who was it? I, f- I forget. I'm, we I we forget can't remember exactly. the name, but we got to give credit to whoever. Like, they posted it first. It was on, like, SportsCenter, but they posted it, and I saw it on Pissing Twitter, and I looked yep. at the comments, and I saw, don't learn to shoot free throws from Russell. Don't, don't you know, hopefully he's not teaching him his shooting form. I'm like, guys, no. It's not what he's teaching him. He's not teaching him. He's, it's, it's more so like, hey, this is advice I have for a rookie. I wish I knew as a rookie. And if you don't think that's a good thing, I can't help you. Yeah. I can't help you. That's great point, man. Own. I I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm happy with it. And you gotta understand these guys are all clued in and connected. They are. Dude. And he's a he's a, he's a child of the NBA, man. Like Russell Westbrook the is brotherhood. a huge supporter of the WNBA too. You know, and his mom is a WNBA player. Like that's this is a this is a family. That's what this is all the way around. Mm-hmm. And if people don't understand that, I don't know what you want. If you guys think Russell Westbrook is in his ear talking about, hey, shoot bad free throws. Let's practice <laughs> to shoot bad free throws. Hog the ball. Like, hey, really? Let's do local pull-up threes, man. Let's just do that. Like, come on, y'all. That's not what's happening right now. What you want is Jaden Ivey realizing what NBA speed is, realize what NBA how to adjust to it. is, how to adjust to it when it's Russ defending it. you, yeah. how to adjust to it when you have to play against it. Man, I remember my first... My first experience with college basketball, because I went unconventional. I was in Christian schools up until literally 10th grade or 11th grade. Mm-hmm. I had two years to prove in the public school system that I was worth anything, bro. And I wasn't playing on Friday nights or Saturdays and such. So I was missing a third of the games, you know, for religious observance of, of Sabbath. And I had only a couple years to prove it, bro. And I did good. But when we got to college, since I missed a lot of the AAUs and those circuits where I could get ranked, when I got to college and tryouts, it First initially, it was a shock, man. It was a shock. I came back home after those first runs of it, and um, I remember I worked with my trainer. I got mm-hmm. serious about it then, man. He, I was to the point where I was pulling like cars around tracks, like literally just walking with them. When I got back, he was training me. Hey, look, this is how they're going to defend you. This is how they're going to this. This is the types of offenses. These are the types of defenses. This is the intrinsic stuff. That's why I talk this way so much about it. Like It, it goes beyond sometimes just the numbers. There's a whole aspect of how to play basketball, how guys are going to come at you, bro. Yep. That stuff matters. And when they taught me that, I remember I went back on that second run of schools. Bro, I just walked in and just felt comfortable. I didn't feel like, oh, what is this? Game slowed down a little bit. Slowed down, even for Killian. I get it. Like, you got to learn to play this game. And when I learned it, it slowed down. I was out there doing things. You know, got brought into a D2 school and got to go into a lot of historic gyms, including Virginia Union and, and others, man. That just, it was an awesome experience. But I had to be taught it. 
I had to learn it. I had to see it. I had to get beat by it. You know, I had to get baptized by it. Yes, bro. You get dunked on? Bro, yeah. These guys are like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, in dunking. Really had, we had a guy named Lil Mike who was 5'8", and would dunk on you, bro. It was different. You you learned how to even take a charge, even though you knew, I'm about to get wrecked. Oh, dude, I, I took some nut shots. I ain't proud of it. But I am proud yeah. of taking that charge. I'll but, be honest with you. But why would you do it if you don't know the importance of it? There are people sitting body in the on crowd. Line, you hear people, why did he do that? Because it's a charge. But didn't it hurt? You don't know what it means. Yeah, you Be have quiet. no idea. Man. Like, like I say, you don't have any idea. And those are the things that you have to be taught sometimes. And some you have to experience. Russell Westbrook yeah. with Jaden Ivey is a guy who can help him get that experience. We're not talking about, is he going to be that same type of player? No, no. Come on, You guys. can't mimic a player's per, you know play style just by talking to him. Fire and heart. You know, he's talking about, what can I do to improve on the type of archetype that Russell Westbrook was? Right. That's how did you? Yeah, like the the ideal question you'd like him to ask would be like, "Hey, how did you adjust in the NBA with your exactly, play style?" Exactly, exactly. Like early on in your career, like, dude, it, 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 this is what pisses me off too. Is like the flip side, and I love Derrick Rose, but if that was Derrick Rose, people would be crapping their pants. Derrick Rose and Jaden Ivey oh. having a conversation. Oh my god! And I, but guess what? They're both MVPs. So you can't take away from Russell that MVP as much as you want to crap on the last couple of years. You're right, man. If it was Derrick Rose, was Derek, bro, people would, and we wouldn't be mad at it. No, we wouldn't. But <laughs> I'm just saying that's the that's the the flip side of it is like so. Why do you hate Russell, but then you'll love Derrick Rose teaching him? So we're just gonna crap on Russell Westbrook and everything he's accomplished. Like what happens? Westbrook, I wonder what the world would that. do if if they saw um, <laughs> Killian working out with the other Kai, Kyrie Irving. People would be like, oh, my God, you didn't teach him about the flat earth theory. Like, Get out of here, bro. The guy, like, can we separate what we think of players and what their actual skill set is? Like, I guarantee Russell Westbrook would. Yeah, no, I don't even want to get into that. Do... Well, we're going to have to have an off, uh, off-kilt show, man. One where we're just like, you know what? Just talking trash. Because, like, I literally, I... it is. It's fun to me. I, I, I don't, I, I've never been a guy that rolls with the, you know, like, people come at LeBron, people come at Russell, people come at Kyrie, people, like, KD, he's KD. soft. Like, I, yeah. I'm i not with that. You used to come at uh, Giannis. Giannis. Like, I'm, yeah, not, I'm not with that, man. Like, I know, and I'm not saying I'm in the NBA, but I, I look at it from a player perspective. That's what we do on the show. Like, I'm yeah. never going to sit here and be like, LeBum James. Look, like, bro, basketball is basketball. Just you appreciate it. Yeah, you play basketball, I play basketball, yeah. y'all play basketball. It doesn't matter the levels. I bring up levels as it relates to perspective. Hey, you know, these are some things that I saw on this level that I didn't know on this level. Absolutely. So for just perspective, that might be the case. You've played basketball on some levels yep. as well. You know, other people, Rod has played and seen things, and there's people who will be bringing on the show who's played at higher levels. And it makes you appreciate that. Like, exactly. I, when I see Russell Westbrook, people who the average viewer who's never played basketball, you might be watching, like, what the fuck is this guy doing, bro? Like, getting turnovers. And I'm looking at yeah. it like, listen – Maybe something, maybe something's wrong. Like somebody didn't cut right, the pick wasn't set mm-hmm. right. There's yeah. something bigger than that. Now, can we cr- critique players? Of course. Of course. That's I'm not going to sit here and be like have an excuse for everything. Yeah. Stop. But there's shooting, a, you stop could, shooting threes. There you go. <laughs> See, the man said it. Like waiting on it. No more pull up threes. Yeah, no more pull up threes. Or Russ. Or Russ. If you're open, Russ, take that midi. But <laughs> other than that, like again, man, like I, I don't know. I got too much. I got a lot of respect for what they these guys do. You know, they put they go out there and, and put basically. Everything on the line, like Russell so goes for the game. It's goes out and plays in front of fans that don't even respect him, and he's still out there playing hard. Like people don't give in this generation. We we knew once a player gets to a certain age or certain amount of years, the narrative. We we knew okay, 
They're past their prime. We will respect them. We know that they're on the decline, but whatever. But in this generation, it's like, what have you done for me lately? That's it's it. It's like, they can't I hate be. It. Like, Russell was a kid when I felt like I was in college, bro. Like, you know what I mean? He was a rookie. Like, a And everybody loved ago. Russ, bro. Yep. That's what makes me so frustrated. How Everyone... many iterations of OKC and, and different teams has he been through? Like, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm never going to sit here and, and act like he's a world beater. But I'm never going to sit here and crap on him either. Like, he's proven what he's proven. He's earned what he's earned. And you can't take that away from no man. You can't. You can't. That's a measure of a man. That's a measure of a person, of a human. What yep. they have produced, what they've put out there. What His you work, can look, how hard he's worked. Look back on it and say it's either good or it's some trash, bro. And realistically, it's good, man. MVP, like, come on. What are we talking about? Yeah, the, no matter what, you every time you look up Russell Westbrook, there's going to be an MVP right there. Yep. Can't take that away from him. And for every Russell Westbrook, every day that he can talk to Russell Westbrook, guys, he's in a Pistons organization where we just seemingly can grow, you know, during certain eras, good guards. Like, and you don't knows. think he's going to talk to Isaiah and Rip? Mm -hmm. You don't think he's going to talk to some of these guys? Like, think about it. We get even Bro. Joe Dumars out here saying, I love the Pistons. I love what they're doing. You don't even know what they were talking I mean, Russell could have been like, listen, man, Troy Weaver, y'all got a good one. I mean, he might have been talking <sighs> about Troy Weaver, too. Troy Weaver might have set that up. Could be. He, he could have been him behind the scenes. Like, I know Russ has got a lot of respect for, for Troy, and Troy was a big reason why they took Russ. So, um, I mean, there's other things, too. People just overreact, man. That was the point I was trying to make. It's just chill on the Russell Westbrook disrespect. Please, relax. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. But, look, I I actually loved uh, I loved this episode, bro. I loved that. I know we, we went probably a little longer, but we had the time. I like talking basketball. Bro. Yeah, Let's just chilling. It. Yeah, no. Killing conversation. I think that was that was it. I can't wait to get into it more. Next week, I want to get into Cade a little bit more by the month, month by month, and how the team won or lost based on his performance or his availability, who was there. I want to see the correlation between the full team and these guys learning a little bit of basketball and the other times. Right. You know, so I want to start there. But next on our list for the the next two players we're going to talk about, Marvin Bagley and Hamidou Diallo for our returning player series, man. I want to get into them. I was thinking about maybe getting to Kelly Olenek, but I feel like we know who Kelly Olenek is. Yeah, he was signed to be who he is. But Hami and Marvin, these are two guys who are hoping to take another step forward. They got to improve. Mm -hmm. So you guys let us know ahead of time. First of all, let us know your areas of improvement for, you know, Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart. Let us know what you hope. Uh, your Marvin Bagley and Hamadou Diallo, tell us what you think they're going to improve in, where they need to improve in for this team to take the next step I'll give forward. you a hint on Bagley. Defense. <laughs> We're going to get the advanced stats on those. Oh, we're going to need it. We're going to need For those. Sure. We're going to need his defensive sure. metrics then. Hami, what's the, what's, the, what's the secret there, man? What's the preview? Man, he a dog. Probably just outside now. shooting. 24.7% from three. Probably that outside shot. 24.7%. That's just something I remember Ooh, seeing, 25%, bro. 25%. Bro. Diallo pulling up. I'm like, oh, no. And then he made <laughs> it. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right, we're good. And then the other three he misses. Oh, shit. Those are the Marvin. 22% for Marvin, 24, and they both took over 1.5 threes a game. Yeah. That is... We'll get to it. We're going to get to it. Hey, look, next week we'll have Rod Beard. We also might have a special guest whose name writes, rhymes with what? Sprite Murtis, I guess. <laughs> we'll see. He's a beat writer here in this area, but, you know, we'll see. It should Sprite, be fun. What do you say, Sprite Nerdist? I think you guys had him on. Yeah, I might know Sprite Nerdist. You might. You might. He's, uh, yeah, no, this guy, he's a great guy, man. You guys are going to love the next episode for sure. Yep. So if look, you don't already love this episode. 
Hey, that's dope. That's dope, man. Look, for Mr. Everything, Jeff Hyde, Freddie over yes, here. For the legend, let's get it going. Detroit News Ride Beer, brother. Hey, we left the black box because we, had, we, you, we, we can't take it away, man. <laughs> uh, we could have put just a single box of me and, and, me and Kool-Aid, but in honor of Rod, just, he's there. Maybe I'll go on screen cap he's, something and just put him in there. Like. <laughs> <laughs> put a little picture of Rod in there. I might do that. But hey, look, man, for Woodward Pistons, I'm Detroit Kool-Aid. Hey, Sorry. shout out Sh 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 Sean Murphy. Table Shout talk out. tomorrow, man. Y'all better tune in. It's gonna be good. Let's rock. How long was it? Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.